0: So, welcome back again to the second part of our podcast here on Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. At this point of the podcast this morning, we'd, we'd actually like to speak about something that was actually uh, launched. Um, Last week, now, last week here in our podcast, we we had uh, prearranged to speak about um, Mission Sunday, so we've kind of done things roundabout ways. I know Mission Sunday's been um, formally uh, held this particular weekend. But anyway, we said this week we'd like to speak about this two-year synodical synil- synil- path um, called Encounter, Listen and Design, which Paul Francis has called for the whole... Um, for the whole church for 2023 Synod. Shane, can you put that into English for us a little bit now as to what might be involved and so on and so forth? I know we mentioned it before. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful
1: and it's an interesting one. So um, how to break it down. So first of all, in 2023, Pope Francis has called a meeting of the Synod of Bishops. So the Synod of Bishops is a gathering of bishops from around the world that occurs every couple of years and generally discusses a theme which has been set by the Pope. So under Francis, we've had one on youth and evangelization, I think was the other one. And generally at the end of, an, of a, bishop, a Senate of Bishops, there's an apostolic exhortation published by the Pope. And this was something that was started at the end of the Second Vatican Council by the Pope Paul VI at the request of the bishops to continue the kind of emphasis of Uh, communication and dialogue with the bishops by the Holy See. Now, it's an interesting one. Synods and synodality as a terminology, it's one that isn't very familiar to what we call Latin Rite Catholics. So that's Catholics pretty much in Western Europe, the US, Australia, that would be directly under the Holy See in Rome. So that's most of us that would be listening to this podcast. Synods, however, are very much a part of the church's tradition. Uh, In the Western church, that's our neck of the woods. They would have been very common in the first 1,100 years of of, of, of the history of the church. In the Eastern half, they are still very active. Um, The churches, the Orthodox churches, are very much synodal churches under their patriarchs. And they're very much an active tool for those. how those churches are governed and established. So... Um, so Pope Francis is very much a man that he's been talking about this whole process of what it is to be synod and synodal and all the rest of it. And for us in the Limerick Diocese, we kind of preempted the whole thing slightly because we had our own diocesan synod back in 2016. But other dioceses around the world have also had synods. And even in Australia, at the moment they're having what's called a plenary Council, which is actually a step above the synod. Um, but we won't we will we won't confuse the situation. So we're sticking with the one in Rome. So basically, Pope Francis has called for um, a synod in 2023. So the, 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 the bishops, the, the synod of bishops in 2023, is going to be on the issue of synods and synodality in the Catholic Church. But there are going to be a couple of extra steps in the process this year, in this time round, because. Last weekend, the 17th of October, was the official beginning of what's called the diocesan local stage of the Senate process. So there's supposed to be a local diocesan consultation, and then there's supposed to be um, a national, and then a regional, and then it goes to Rome, so a global consultation process. And very much, I suppose, it's focusing on the, the theme which is you know, it's looking at how does the church, how what does it mean to be a synodal church? How, and, and I suppose the question then becomes, John, what is um, what it is it to be to be to be synodal? And we're entering into what's called the first phase of listening and consultation of the people of God in the particular churches, which starts on the seventeenth of October and runs until April twenty-two. And um, the idea is very much kind of trying to figure out what it is to be synodal, And it's interesting because when you look at the different talks that have been given, particularly last weekend, by different bishops around the world, there's quite a number of bishops which have basically put their hands up and they've said, we have no idea what this actually means. And I thought one of those interesting comments actually came from Timothy Dolan in New York. And he put his hand up, and he's you know to his. Um, but he identified a number of features uh, of what it is to be synod. But before I get to what he said, let's talk about what the Pope said. So the Pope also launched um, the, the the official start of the synodal process. That was done on the eighth of October, and it was done. Uh, there was a mass in Saint Peter's. Uh, Saint Peter's. Sorry, the tenth of October. There was a mass in Saint Peter's at which the Pope gave a homily, very much focusing on trying to explain celebrating synod means walking together on the same road. And, you know, it's it's uh, very much, I suppose, looking at when, when Pope Francis was given his homily on that Sunday, he focused on three particular verbs which were coming from the gospel of the day, which was encounter, listen, and discern. And it's very much... They are the kind of the verbs to describe what the synodal process will be about. So the idea of that you know, we need to encounter, first of all, we need to encounter um, God. So first and foremost, it needs taking time for prayer and adoration and listening to what the Holy Spirit tells us. Um, it requires an openness to others, uh, a willingness to allow ourselves to be challenged by the presence and the stories of others. And. Um, he reminded us that a true encounter only comes through listening to others. That was the other verb he talked about. And he asked, our, if we are good at listening, If I asked if we allow others to express themselves. And he said that the Holy Spirit is asking us to listen to the questions, concerns, and hopes of every church, and to the challenges and changes presented by the world around us. So he reminds us, let us not soundproof our hearts, let us not remain barricaded in our certainties, let us listen to one another, and then he spoke about discernment. So he says he insisted that encounter and listening are not ends in themselves, but must listen, must lead to discernment. Um, and it's to look within and to discover what God reveals to us, to discern in what light, in that light rather, what our hearts truly treasure. And he said the Senate is a journey of spiritual discernment that takes place in adoration, in prayer and in dialogue with the word of God. And it's an interesting one as well, because the day before the mass, which 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 started the Senate the, 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 the process, there was what was called a moment of reflection at the Senate hall in Rome. And... You know, it's it was it's this it's the sixteenth synod that's going to, synod of bishops that's going to be happening. And it's, you know, we're very much reflecting again on synodality indicates walking together and listening to one another, and above all, to the Holy Spirit. And the role of the spirit is very much something that Pope Francis has been emphasizing in this, and very much um, in, you know, it's, he's encouraging us, let us journey together in order to experience a church that receives and lives this gift of unity and is open to the voice of the Spirit. And he reminds us that all are called to participate. So following on from last Sunday, which or sorry, given that today is actually Mission Sunday, um, it's a reminder to us that mission isn't just somewhere out there, somewhere different. It's very much all the baptized are called to take part in the church's life and mission and he said it's an essential ecclesial duty to enable this participation um, and he reminded us that, that there's three risks to be avoided you know it's not just a formal external event um, you know it's supposed to be an authentic spiritual discernment um, and we need you know obviously there's that needs structure so this is the synodal process that we're starting out um, there's, a I suppose, very to be careful that it doesn't become just elitism, just focused on people that are, you know, specialists, if you like, in theology or whatever else. Another risk, I suppose, is to avoid it being to become too abstract. Um, so and then I suppose the third danger to avoid is a danger of is the danger of complacency as well. And just for us to be aware of that, and to be listening to that, and conscious of it. Um, the other side of it, I suppose, is also just to remind uh, people, I suppose, that you know, it's not, um, it's not going to be literally the, a majority rules. It's not a democracy. It's not, a, you know, it's not the exercise of a parliament. It's a process of discernment. And also, there's very much concerns that, you know, those with the loudest voices, you know, pushing particular points of view will be the voices that is heard. And the Pope has very much challenged that concern and that fear that's there in terms of what may happen. But it's it's an interesting one, John. It's the first time in over a thousand, well, it's the first time in the Church's history that we've done it on this kind of global scale. Um, It's not obviously the first time in the Church's history that we've had a synod. Um, There's been lots of synods down through the centuries, uh, both local, national. uh, But this is an interesting one from the point of view of Rome and the the, the Vatican. So in terms of, I suppose, just giving people thoughts and flavours on it, we have three um, reflections that we're going to share. So the first one, John, I believe, is from Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich. Who is the Archbishop of Luxembourg, but he also happens to be the relator general of the 16th ordinary General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops. What does that mean in English? Basically, this gentleman is going to be chairing the, the bishops when they meet in Rome in 2023, and he is the person that is going to kind of just make sure everything progresses along. So John has a, um John has a reflection from this gentleman just in relation to his thoughts on the whole process and synodality. Then we are also going to have a short short little clip, which is actually from the diocesan point of view. So it's a reflection by Bishop Brendan Leahy and two of our friends of the program, Rose O'Connor and Father Chris O'Donnell, on what synod means and how it will impact on the Diocese of Limerick. And then our third option, which our third little reflection, which brings it back local. So we've gone from global to diocesan to parochial, is a lovely reflection by Father Dan Lane, who is um, one of the assistant priests in Abbey Field. And Dan had a lovely homily uh, just about the whole process as well. So it's just a series of reflections as I said. John, John put this together. I thought it was nice to do. I'm going to give full credit to the editor this week. He did all the heavy lifting on this one. So he's gone from the global to the diocesan to the local. And I think it's nicely done, John.
0: It's all about the Holy Spirit. But just, just before we play this one, I, I, I just ask uh, listeners just to listen to, to Cardinal Holerick there. As, he, as part of his reflection, he refers to the puzzle a few times, and I think it's so important it really gets the point through. Um, so, as Shane said, let's listen to these three three recordings, and then maybe... And then me... we'll
1: come back, just uh, one last thing, just before we go sure. for our music break.
0: Okay, so first of all, let's go to Cardinal Holerich. Uh, Sir, so,
2: I would like to greet you all together. And now we hear uh, Cardinal, Cardinal Holeric, Jean-Claude Holerich, the Relator General Versus of the Synod. Lady questions from all continents diligent questions questions on the margins of the church progressive questions and conservative questions young and old women and men of all generations sisters and brothers in search of god or simply people who are curious in fact it is not i who should greet you We should all greet each other. Greeting someone means being aware of their presence. Greeting someone means letting the other enter into my life. It means letting myself be disturbed for the sake of an encounter. A synodal church is a relational church, a church of encounter. We will have meetings at the level of different groups, at the level of dioceses, at the level of of Episcopal conferences, at the level of continents, and finally the General Assembly with the Synodal Fathers in October 23, in this same room. Our meetings are not one-time meetings but meetings which are planned to last over time, taking time for one another, walking together. When we walk, someone must choose direction for the walk. This role falls to the Holy Spirit. We know the methods of proceeding. Sometimes, as at Pentecost, The Holy Spirit is manifest and fills our hearts with joy and clarity. A clarity that enlightens and defines our path. Much more often, he let us choose our way with small pieces of a puzzle. A puzzle with many colors that come from all our brothers and sisters. So we have before us a duty of discernment. We must choose the right pieces, one after the other, in a certain order, with the participation of all. It is a huge puzzle, where everyone is called to participate, especially the poorest, the voiceless, those on the periphery. If we exclude any player, the puzzle will not be complete. It is the Holy Spirit who inspires our interventions and leads us to fulfillment. Some of you will say yes, but there are also the temptations of the evil one who does not want to see the Church of Christ walking together. It is true. Let me give some examples of these temptations. The list is far from being exhaustive, but it is based, as you can imagine, on my own personal experience. It is a good idea, but I don't have time. I have a full agenda. That is the temptation of many bishops. Someone else will have to do it for me. It sounds like a good idea, but it cannot be taken seriously. We know the structure of the church and the truth of its teaching. Isn't this a way to make us swallow changes that have already been decided in advance? It's a good idea, but time is too short, so I won't do anything. I like to listen to the opinion of a selected few, but listening to the experience of everyone, what an utopia. I don't want change. Change disturbs my life and my pastoral plans. I am sure that each of you will be able to complete my list of temptations. So we are going to start a journey together, a church, a journey where the shepherds must listen to the voice of the sheep. Listening, listening to the presence of God, listening, a humble approach. This goes against the grain of society like ours, where one must show off, where one must realize oneself. Listening is a passage from a me to a we. Listening is a divine quality. I must confess to you, that I have no idea yet what kind of working instrument I will be writing. The pages are blank. It is up to you to fill them. The only thing I can say is that I will not do it alone. A work tool on synodality can only come from teamwork. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in their midst. It is a synod of bishops, but now thought of and proposed as a process that involves all the people of God, for the synodal process has not only a point of departure, but equally has point, a point of arrival in the people of God, upon whom, to the gathering of the assembly of pastors, the gifts of grace granted by the Holy Spirit must be poured out allow me therefore to address my brother bishops at the moment of our ordination the book of the gospel was held over our heads yet normally we do not proclaim the gospel we listen to the gospel proclaimed by the deacon with a crozier in our hand we listen to the gospel proclaimed by the one who is ordained to serve Without our drain to the ministries of the tables, the ministries of concrete service. We are not the masters of the gospel. We are its servants. Our listening must always include our conversion to the gospel, the gospel that is, at the same time, both the living word of Christ and the word of the church, the bishop proclaims the word of God in his homily only after having listened to Christ and the church. It is this same attitude of listening which characterizes our role in the synodal journey. If we desire that the gospel of Christ within us becomes action, we must pass to the way of prayer. Moments of silence upon our hearts to listening we expose ourselves to the love of jesus who melts our resistance the synodal journey in the diocese should be opened with true and profound prayer only prayer can lead us to an interior attitude of openness and availability what is called indifference and to that peace which enables us to make choices in freedom. Let us pray for true communion. Communion with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit opens us to the communion of the Church. Communion with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will prevent us from turning the Senate into a political debate where each one fights for his own Agenda. This is why our path will lead to a phase in which our Pope will draw conclusions based on the final document of the Synod of Bishops. We can see the hierarchical church at work. We can also see in it the guarantee of the Catholicity, that is to say, of the universality of the Synod a guarantee that we are not merely on this journey with a group of friends who think like me. To return to the image of the puzzle, the puzzle will only be complete when players from different continents, from different ecclesiastical realities, have added their pieces. Communion is the guarantee of participation, of universal participation communion without mission cannot withstand the test of time as christ jesus is sent by his father we are sent before we begin our mission we must be sure of the time and the space that we share in common we are going to live a moment of discernment spiraling upwards from a small community to the global synodal moment passing through different stages in time and space a passage from a me to an even larger us personal discernment expands into communal discernment and eventually becomes true ecclesial discernment the movement from one level to another requires that we return to our initial indifference essentially the discernment proper to each person expands and changes even while listening to the contribution of everyone. The movement from one level to another requires always a moment of offering, where each and every one can open uh, his/ her hands and hand over everything to the master of the harvest it is to him that we hand over the fruits of our listening our talks our prayers our deliberations and our decisions it is a supreme moment of spiritual freedom so that god may confirm our path the whole dynamic of the senate must be an offering this dynamic of offering opens our ears to listening helps us to live a true discernment, so that I do not manipulate Synodal process for my own ends, for my goals of a Church for which I dream and desire, but rather so that my dream of the Church becomes our dream of the Church, thanks to the contribution of my sisters and brothers. Synodality is to enter into an ever-growing us It is to seek what builds us together as a community, as the people of God. It is not by remaining seated that we will be able to discern the will of the Father. It is by walking together that we will encounter many crossroads and that we will have to make our choices. The church is not self-referential. It is a profound communion which requires the participation of all and is sent on mission. Yes, it is God the Father who will have to accept our choices and who sends us on mission. I wish all of you a good synodal journey. And please pray for me that I may fulfill my mission as Relator General of this Synod. Thank you.
3: I think this worldwide initiative that Pope Francis has launched is really coming at a critical time for us, at a good time, the right time, and I think what's happening is that we're being, in a way, at a crossroads, being asked to look how can we help each other find the greater meaning for a lot of people you know they have become disconnected with church and I would also have to say the church has been come disconnected with them and there's a whole host of reasons for that you know um, people have very busy lives there's a lot going on there's a lot of competing commitments but also there's been a lot of hurt we all know about the crisis in the church so I think there's a real need for healing it's a universal synod which is incredible to be part of something worldwide that's actually massive and we'd hate to miss that opportunity for people to actually be really Really heard, not in a token way, if this is a talk shop it's a waste of time. This is where we really listen to people, not just those who come to church and at mass because the church isn't a building, it's people. As human beings the things that are very important to all of us in our lives every day is, is love, it's kindness, it's hope. And I suppose that really fundamentally is what is at the core of God's message. And you know, our, the whole teaching of Jesus when he came is, is all about love and kindness and hope. We're definitely on a journey. And for all that has failed in the life of the church, we still want and to know that the love and the peace of Jesus is there for us. And this really is what binds us together as a church. And we know this, the special times at Christmas where we feel at peace. The new beginnings at Easter time with hope are now remembrance at November. Deep down we know we're connected for something greater than ourselves. And this is what we experienced also during our synod in Limerick in 2016. The word synod means journeying together. And let's hope now that this worldwide initiative of Journeying Together that Pope Francis has launched will see us opening doors that'll let the peace and the love and the joy that Jesus Christ wants for us reach each one of us. They say, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. As a church, we can't go it alone. We have to go together. And this is an opportunity for everybody to play their part in that
4: and walk with us. My dear friends, October is a month we associate very much with thanksgiving for the harvest. While harvest celebrations have a long history in other faith traditions, they have in more recent years also become very much part of our own faith tradition. But far from being something that has sprung up just in our own time, harvest thanksgiving ceremonies our harvest celebration ceremonies go right back to roots in the Old Testament when from every corner of the Holy Land thousands of people converged on Jerusalem on a particular weekend for their annual harvest festival asking God, God's blessing on all their crops. And in fact, it was during this great harvest festival in Jerusalem that a very dramatic event took place that was to transform the lives, not just of millions, but of billions of people across the world right to this day. Because it was during that great harvest festival in Jerusalem when the apostles were together celebrating the harvest festival that the Holy Spirit descended on them in the form of tongues of fire And the apostles, finding themselves overcome and overpowered by the Holy Spirit, burst out from the room they were in onto the streets into those thousands of people and began to address them all in their own languages, proclaiming to them that Jesus, who had been crucified, is risen and he is with us. And the first the people at first thought when they saw them that these fellows were all drunk. But but Peter stood up in front of the crowd. He said, They're not drunk, he said. They're full of the Holy Spirit. And that day, as a result of their preaching and the power of the Holy Spirit, three thousand people joined their number. That harvest festival is still celebrated. For the Jews it's still The the Feast of Harvest, asking God's blessing on their crops. But for Christians now, it has a different name and a very different significance. It is the Feast of Pentecost, when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, which actually marks the birthday of the Church, the day our Church was born. On that evening, that first Pentecost evening, Christians numbered over 3,000. Today, over a billion people across the world call themselves Christian. A friend of mine often quotes what I believe is a, Jew, or sorry, a Chinese proverb. And what it reads is, no family can hang a notice on the outside of its door with the message, no problems here. The church may well be God's family, but no more than any other family, the church certainly can not hang a notice on the outside of the door, no problems here. Over 2,000 years of its history, it's lived through many problems, differences, and divisions, from the great schism of 1054, which split the church down the middle, the Orthodox and the East and the Roman Catholic and the West, down through all the multiple lesser divisions and schisms in its history. It has had... Its golden ages it's also had its darkest ages not just in history but as we know as we know to our own heartbreak it has also had its darkest ages in our own times equally it has had to over and over again look at where it has arrived at stop on its tracks review how could we have arrived here and return again back to its roots on that first Pentecost and invoke the same Holy Spirit that descended on the Apostles on that first Pentecost in Jerusalem invoke the power and the help and the wisdom of that Holy Spirit to bring it back again to the faithfulness to the mission that Jesus gave it. Depending again and again on that promise that Jesus gave his church, I will be with you all days, yes, to the end of the world. Jesus guaranteed that his Holy Spirit would be with the church right to the end of the world to guide it and keep it on the right path. But the church can only receive the guidance of the Holy Spirit if it is listening, listening to the Holy Spirit. And traditionally in our church, we've had a sense that the guidance of the Holy Spirit came almost exclusively through the Pope and the Cardinals and the Bishops. And that we, the people of God here, had only... To listen to them and to be guided by them. In our time, there is a new understanding and appreciation that we can put God's Spirit into boxes and tell him where to operate, that God's Holy Spirit operates where he wills, and that in particular, the Holy Spirit that each and every one of us received in baptism and confirmation is active in the words and the experiences of our lives every day. And that listening to that Spirit today for the Church means listening to His voice in all His people, ordained and non-ordained alike. So because of this new appreciation and understanding of the workings of the Holy Spirit in all his people, for the very first time in the Church's 2000-year history, Pope Francis has decided to convene a World Synod involving the whole people of God across the globe. Don't be put off by that word, synod. The word synod really means walking together or journeying together, sharing and listening in faith as we walk. A synod is a time of attentively seeking out and listening to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit among us to rediscover together in our time the direction that God wants to lead us, his people, at this time. So obviously it's not to be confused with some kind of political convention or parliamentary debate style. The primary purpose of this Senate, which Pope Francis will convene, is to listen to God, who speaks to us in his word, in scripture, in our prayer, in our adoration. And particularly to listen to God also as he speaks to us in and through each other's lives and each other's experiences ordained and non-ordained alike and today is a very special day because it is today that pope francis is launching this worldwide synod of all the peoples of god asking the holy spirit who descended in the apostles on that first pentecost in tongues of fire to re-encandle the fire of his love in all of us and together please God under his guidance we will set out to reform and to reshape our church the way the Holy Spirit wants it to be for generations to come
0: So again uh, it, it was nice for uh, of us to be able to uh, bring those to our listeners attention we think it's so important here and uh, come and see inspirations always to, as best we can, bring good news. And I think that is good news, especially in terms of the reference to the Holy Spirit. I like the bit about the puzzle I'm saying. And also uh, maybe Father Dan's reflection there, uh, taken from his homily last Sunday, where he mentioned, Ascended is a time of attentively seeking out and listening to Jesus and the Holy Spirit to rediscover together in our time the direction that God wants to lead us his people, and I thought that was a lovely way for him to finish off the uh, the thought that he had there last Sunday, and probably um probably sums it all up, Shane. Really, I mean, this one, from what I can see, I know people would say that it heard sinners before and so on and so forth. The only thing that struck me this time was. Am I listening to the Holy Spirit? And maybe I maybe I, I attended sinners before and heard about sinners before. Was I listening to the Holy Spirit? Or maybe the Holy Spirit wants to say something different to me and the same as anybody else. That's just my whole my whole idea is particip- participation of everyone guided by the Holy Spirit. So, Shane, just to finish off your closing thoughts there, maybe on the whole process.
1: Yeah, no. One of the key things, of course, you know, and it's it's an important point that. Synodal, being senator in a synodal process isn't going to be you know parliamentary politics. It's you know it's that's not that's not how it works. And that's the point that Pope Francis has raised quite a number of times, in terms of I suppose managing expectations and one of the key things, as you said, John, is about this openness to where the spirit will blow. So obviously, to do that uh, means having an openness to prayer, and it's just interesting that the Pope's worldwide prayer network which uh, older listeners might remember. It used to be called the Apostleship Apostleship of Prayer, very much associated, of course, with devotion to the Sacred Heart as well. But these are the guys that actually encourage people to pray for the Pope's intentions every month, which we talk about at the start of each month. Um, So they have launched a new um, app. So for those of you that are like your phones and like your apps, so your iPhone or your Android, so it's called Click to Pray 2.0. And it's basically a little app on the phone which gives you different resources for prayer, and it's very much going to be focused on praying for the success of the synod. So just, I thought that was an interesting one just to finish up. But it was launched on. I'm going to say it was launched during the week. I think it was Wednesday. Um, so it's 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 a reminder that it's giving us people you know tools, and particularly particularly in the in this age when a lot of people spend a lot of time on their phones or on their devices and so on and you know for grandparents excuse me for grandparents out there maybe if you wanted to you know guide the youngsters in your life Mm -hmm. to something which they might actually engage with tell them to check it out it's called click to pray and it's uh, you know it's organized their own personal prayer planner configuring you know allowing them to set up their moments of prayer for the day and it's, you know, it's available in well, seven languages to our international leadership, the vast, huge majority that we have done. Yeah. And it's, um, it's offering, and it's, it's lovely because it's, for me, it's very much, um, it's, it's, it's a further growth of something which has been quite traditional, the apost- apostol- of yeah. Apostleship of Prayer. Apostleship of Prayer. Is, is, um, has been there for many, many years. It's something I very much associated with my, my grandmother and my grand-aunt. And just to see it, you know, moving into and engaging with the 21st century, uh, very much answering that call for the new evangelization, I just think it's, it's a lovely idea. And a reminder to us all that whatever we're talking about with Synod, first and foremost, it begins with prayer.
0: Very much so, Shane. Thanks a lot for that. Maybe just to finish off, just a quote as Shane said: um, the, the the end of uh, the Pope's homily uh, there, and the, a few weeks ago, he ended his harmony by wishing participants in the Synodal Path a good journey together. But he said, "May we pilgrims pilgrims in love with the gospel and open to the may we be pilgrims in love with the gospel and open to the surprises of the Spirit. Let us not miss out on the grace-filled opportunities." born of encounter, listening and discernment, in joyful conviction that even as we seek the Lord, he always comes with his love to meet us first. So with that, we might go for our second piece of music here on the podcast today, and this one probably enough by Cessie Williams, and this one is entitled Holy Spirit, come fill this place. So join us again in part three.
5: Holy Spirit my heart is longing just to hear from you my soul is waiting to know someone who can take us higher help us make it through so will you please come and say So